Hello and welcome to The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. And today we will be discussing Season 6A, Episode 4 of The Sopranos, titled The Fleshy Part of the Thigh. This episode aired April 2nd, 2006. It was written by Diane Frolov and Andrew Schneider and directed by Alan Taylor. Sorry if I mispronounced that, Miss Frolov. Yeah. Here's the HBO synopsis for this episode. Tony is finally on the mend, but doesn't quite feel himself. Later, he and Johnny Sack haggle over Barone Sanitation's future and Tony's part in it. Meanwhile, Polly is rocked by his aunt's shocking revelation, and Bacala cuts a deal with an inspired... And Bacala cuts a deal with an... Uh, <laughs> can't say it. An <laughs> you can aspiring. get it. I know you can do it. And Bagala. <laughs> Bagala. <laughs> Bagala is inspired to rap. And Bacala cuts a deal with an aspiring rapper. Hmm. Mouthful. Yeah. Well, uh, I got to say, this episode, it, there's some good bits in it. And I would say there are some not so good bits. I have to say, it's a lot easier for me to watch this now when we can watch these episodes in rapid succession. Yeah. But I remember definitely having a problem with this episode back in 06. Because you have to think about it, a week to week, you know, schedule. Yes. This is a month now, pretty much, of Tony in the hospital. And I was like, I'm ready to have Tony get out of the hospital. We need to get back to like what this show's really all about. Yeah, and this episode uh, has big moments of uh, not what this show is about. Mm -hmm. So let's start at the opening, shall we? Polly walks out of a scuba diving store. Some yeah. sort of, yeah, scuba store. Very specific. Yeah, but with a specific monster, right? Right. In the opening shot. And we do get, like, this image of monsters that I think kind of carries throughout the episode. Ah. A little bit. Yeah. A little tiny bit. Right. I, I, I honestly that. couldn't find a theme mm -hmm. in this episode. I think I kind of happened upon one towards the end. Okay. Well, yeah. hopefully we discuss it. Maybe we won't. Cause right. <laughs> we'll but, see. <laughs> but cut to Tony uh, up and at him. He yeah. is uh, speaking. He is uh, breathing. He is apparently getting healthier as he has his incision cleaned by the uh, nurse, Fiona. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's really in a lot of pain as this is happening, sweat pouring down his brow. Yeah. And uh, we get an introduction to some of the issues that Tony's grappling with in this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, specifically who the hell put up this native american proverb or saying mm -hmm. uh and and you know later on accuses or in this moment actually he accuses janice of yeah. putting it up there who would be you know the first logical choice i guess of the people he knows right yeah of course and we've talked about how she has a history of uh, I think that she was into an Indian religion for a while. Yes. And so, yeah, she would be sort of the logical person to accuse. The other Indian. Yeah. Religion. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Native American Indian versus Indian. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so he does uh, speak to Fiona. This is the first time he's mentioning it out loud that he mm -hmm. really just doesn't quite feel himself since coming out of this coma. I was just thinking, what is it where... I forget dots, not feathers. Wow. 
I, I just <laughs> you're gonna have me cut that out later. <laughs> <laughs> no that was from some movie though i didn't make that up no of course you didn't yeah. make it up, but... <laughs> yeah and uh fiona you know mentioned you could always speak to somebody mm-hmm. and of course melfi would be the thing the person that tony is thinking about in that moment mm-hmm. and then carmella comes in with a book of dinosaurs right for her husband like tony is seven years old yeah but here's another you know opens up the book to yeah. an image of a monster a, right. a creature of you know ancient times so yeah. uh yeah i i don't know i i tried to think like that was intentional to have to open on a monster and to you know keep having this repetition of monster i like where you're going with that mm. you're putting the effort in thank you <laughs> <laughs> Moving on yeah. to Barone Sanitation, because it appears that uh, the heir, Jason Barone, uh-huh. is deciding to sell the company. Yeah. Not just to anybody, really. Right. But to Cianelli. Then he's talking to one of the head guys at Barone about this Anthony Soprano who's mm-hmm. on the record for taking in all this income, but doesn't seem like he actually works there. And the guy's like, well, we'll talk to Polly." Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Jason's like, oh, that Tony Soprano. Right. What other fucking Tony Soprano <laughs> is out there for you, Jason? Uh, this very naive, uh, poor man's Paul Rudd looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> really uh, doesn't know much about what's going on. But that's, of course, sort of the entire point of his arc in this episode. And he's about to find out who he's really dealing with. I love the cutaway here to Polly's yes. <laughs> award <laughs> photo that's tacked on there. Yeah. Uh, just a hilarious still image of, of Tony Sirico looking like he was very much forced to be there that night. Yeah. I'd I'm... rather be at the Bing. I wonder who has that yeah right now mm-hmm. somebody's got to own it oh great prop to hold on to right yeah i enjoyed this next scene uh because we see kind of tony and his old self mm-hmm. you know they bring him food and he's like yelling at the staff attendants like i'm not supposed to eat right you know he's already pissed off and yeah probably because he's sitting there listening to janice go on about a boring story about her child yeah and then, you know, accuses her directly. You put that shit up on the wall, didn't you? And right. she's like, actually, I didn't. So yeah. fuck off. Yeah. But the part that I enjoyed was him talking to Bobby about, like, Bobby's responsibilities. You know, uh, it's a great guilt trip to say to somebody after you hand them the food that was given to you. Oh, you got a little choo-choo train at home, huh? Take your toast right from the kitchen, delivers it to your bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Because it is a guilt trip because, of course, that was the last thing Tony saw right. of Bobby before he went off and took care of Uncle Junior and got shot. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's really fun to see Tony kind of in this weakened state. And he's still fiery, though. He's still agitated. He's still Tony. But he can't be quite the physical threat that he, right. you know, customarily is right so he could sort of just lie there and just point his finger at different people and be like fuck you for this and fuck you for that <laughs> yeah. it is just hilarious it really is yeah uh, but it is good talking for bobby you know can't mm-hmm. hide behind the brother-in-law shit every man's judged by his own merit and um out of nowhere he gets a sneak attack from aaron <laughs> yes and prayer leader bob brewster Pastor Bob. Scary, scary man. This guy is creepy. Yes. Well, yeah. 
Yes. He's terrifying. Not a great rep for uh representative for christianity if this guy not was that coming they have to many me, right <laughs> i mean so you could argue that you know christianity does have its good spokespeople uh could. most of them are dead i would say <laughs> okay like yeah. martin like, luther king or jesus <laughs> <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> at least publicly you know uh, unfortunately most of what we hear has to do with priests uh, yeah, you know, and the little boys that they. Well, yeah. <laughs> Need I say more? No, you don't. <laughs> um, and also, this power of prayer thing is not yeah. real. Mm-hmm. That's not real, right? He brings up. I mean, it hasn't been studied. It's been studied, and it's not real. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Well, just to throw it out there, Pastor Bob says several things that we're going to uh, disagree with, (laughs) (laughs) one of which is my favorite lines of the episode. Oh, good. Well, (laughs) Tony um, then goes into this because they're there to uh, protest abortion and birth control. Mm -hmm. And then Tony goes into this whole wild, twisty, ridiculous nonsense about how they might come after Viagra next. Right. And he's going to need this considering his condition <laughs> uh it's just kind of silly silly right. stuff but it's good to see at the end of this we get a beat mm-hmm. between him and carmella being kind of playful mm-hmm. you know calling him a wise ass it, yeah it's nice it's good. yeah yeah no and it is fun to sort of see tony kind of point out the hypocrisy of this uh ridiculous preacher yes that is a scary scary man yes he is of course a Cut away to Tony's surgery Mm because they're now sewing him up. Final surgery. And, of course, Plepler has to drop that Hoffa joke. Right. (laughs) Nice. Hey, yeah. Get a good dig at a man while he's in a coma. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, In our next scene, Jason visits Tony at the hospital. And uh, Tony and Polly caution him not to sell. Yes, they do. Yeah, you know, they're, they're giving him a very gentle approach here mm-hmm. of how he should tread lightly through this uh, difficult world of waste yeah. management and the carding business. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's so funny because you can tell that he's very thrown, mm-hmm. as, you know, anyone would be who doesn't really sort of understand how this all really works. And he's kind of like, wait, I didn't realize that i sort of you're like an employee of my dad's company didn't realize i really needed your permission to sell it right but you're kind of acting like i do yes and i'm not really sure why yeah 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 and then also didn't the scene open with meadow reading from the dinosaur book yes to tony talking about the link between birds and dinosaurs it's like good job meadow fucking (laughs) alan grant told me this 25 years ago (laughs) we all know about that yeah Good job, Meadow. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't even me. That was you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me coming in with the Meadow Slam this time. Uh, yeah, and you'd have to think that Tony wasn't. If uh, Tony wasn't lying in bed, a hospital bed, mm-hmm. he might have a little bit more power to persuade Jason. Yeah, you know, but he is in a weakened state, so his effort is weakened as well to really get the point across to Jason mm-hmm. in this moment. Mm-hmm. Right. We shall see where that goes. But of course, this following scene is just a huge bombshell yeah. for the character of Polly. Last week, we had a pretty Polly heavy episode. We right. had another we heavy yeah. Polly episode. Yeah. And 
frankly, a great performance from Tony Sirico. He gets to display range that he's never displayed in the show at all. It's true. And the sad news is his Aunt Dottie is dying, but she reveals she is not his aunt. She's his mother. Dun, dun, dun. She was a bad girl. Yeah. Bad girl. <laughs> I love how she's explaining it. And he's like, oh, you know, if this is going where I think it's yeah. going, maybe you need to talk to a priest. Yeah. And then immediately finds out that this is actually his mother. Right. Yeah. That would obviously freak out and shock anybody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That on her deathbed, this woman's revealing that I'm actually your mother, mm-hmm. not this other woman. Nothing like a good life-altering deathbed confession. That's right. That's right. Next scene. Tony, uh, I got like this nice reversal. Tony, you know, out of the surgery uh, in this new room, is welcomed uh, or greeted by a attractive mm-hmm. seeming nurse. Right. And uh, I like the reversal that he's perked up. Yeah. And then quickly disappointed to <laughs> be uh, for the reveal that this is actually an insurance lady. And yeah. How would you, I mean, as you know, an individual, love the chance to say to somebody from your insurance company, Get out of my room, you sick cunt. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure many uh, of the writers, maybe Diane Frolov, uh, <laughs> fantasized about saying this to an insurance agent. She put it in the script. Yeah. We should say about these two writers that they obviously have worked with David Chase before, Northern mm-hmm. Exposure. They're like the Burgess and Green uh, duo because they've written, if you look at their credits, right. they're parallel with each other on on the shows that they've worked on interesting Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. they Uh, have four in season six four episodes got it yeah so they came in pretty late in the game yes they did um she explains that you know if tony didn't have his insurance card on him when they did the wallet biopsy that he would have died in any other hospital Mm -hmm. uh and this wallet biopsy um becomes something of a curiosity and an opportunity i would say for tony right yeah, and it's pretty offensive. I mean, it's such a crazy class statement. I'm sure that these writers did not make this up, that this is a real thing. Oh, of course. Yeah, and it's like, hey, if this person has money, they get to go to a good hospital. If they do not, then they can fucking just die at a crappy one. Well, no, the wallet biopsy is to check to see if they have an insurance card on them. Right, yeah, exactly. Okay, you're not saying that, how much money does this guy have in his no, wallet? We but, will drop him off at the most yeah. expensive hospital. But if, you know, they do have insurance, that's what I'm saying. That yeah, it's yeah. an indication, you know, that they Oh, of course. have means. Yeah. yeah, that's true. She's also pretty feisty. Yes, she is. Yeah. This insurance rep. Yeah. She has to be. Right. I would just I would assume. Um in the next scene we get to see Tony up and about, uh really having a difficult time just walking with the mm-hmm. support of Carmela. Uh, and has to rest as we hear he rests in a chair mm-hmm. um, outside of a room. And I noticed this and I wrote it later in my notes, but I can bring it up right now. Mm-hmm. We're going to see Alan Taylor do this a lot in this episode of large image in the foreground, something going on in the background uh, and kind of a, a refocusing yeah. between those two right. at times. But we get a lot of close-ups on on foreground material with something in the background. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the technical term is. That would be, I guess, where you come in. But 
I don't really know what it is either. Okay. Uh, we're just changing. Foreground, background. Yeah, foreground, background, changing focus uh, within the shot. That's yeah, I don't know if there's almost exactly special. what I said. Okay. Yeah, no. So Good. you got well, it. You you great. are uh, <laughs> Gavin 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 Spielberg over here. Yeah. As they might say in would the they? show. It's something they would say in the show. <laughs> Gavin oh, Spielberg. Gavin Spielberg over here. <laughs> uh, well, we we saw in one of the first scenes this rapper Deluxe Deluxe being right. brought in after being shot seven times. Yeah. Tony shot once and he had a coma. This guy right. shot seven times and he's being a bitch about <laughs> it. And Tony's sitting there kind of listening to yeah. it. It's very funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a few things going on here. Uh, I guess at the time, 50 Cent, right, was a pretty popular rapper. And that was one of the really big things that was part of his publicity. He had been shot nine times. Right. That's how tough he is. And so this is kind of a joking reference to that. Right. And then uh, Deluxe is, I looked this up because I didn't know, but it's interesting. We kind of focus on two rappers in this episode, Deluxe and then Marvin that we'll meet later. And they're both real life rappers who were in popular groups in the 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, Everything is Everything is uh, mentioned later. And that's one of their albums. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of weird. Because that's kind of like a plug. It's almost like, and right. I, it's like Carmela says, well, Tony, I ran out of bounce. Bounce. Yeah. The green <laughs> fabric softener. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Next scene, though, Bobby is listening to Marvin write out a rap. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the part of the show where I'm like, oh, come on. Right. Come on. Bobby overhears this and sees an opportunity Hey, Tony said every man will be judged on his own merits. So now Bobby's hustling. <laughs> so so this rapper is complaining because now Deluxe got all shot up. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get, you know, charts on the charts. So mm-hmm. Bobby's thinking his wheels are turning. Hmm, how can I help this rapper out and make some money? Hmm, right. We shall see. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I was just like, this is, this is stupid. A little ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in our next scene, of course, we're following Polly to confront Nucci, mm-hmm. and she very quickly sort of discloses, yes, she confirms it's the truth. Yeah, I like how Polly just drives right up, mm-hmm. right, right to the front, and he straight up tells her what he heard, mm-hmm. and at first you're like, okay, she's putting on a good game face, but she can't hold it no. for long, and Polly's reaction, of course, son of a bitch. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. You are. Oh, wow. <laughs> Didn't even think of it that way. But, right? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, well, that's what the term... I mean, Dottie, I'm sure she's a lovely right. bad girl. Right. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's what the saying is, and that's what he sure. says. Yeah. This is rough for Polly, uh, you know, as someone who's uh, yeah, really loved... This woman. I mean, I don't have to explain that. It will be explained in this episode. And we've seen it demonstrated before. You yeah. know, the lengths that Polly will go to um, protect Nucci and to make sure that her life is as good as possible. Oh, he, yeah. he, is, he has been a really great and devoted son. And he rightly has every right to be upset. Yeah. Rightly, rightly. Oh, okay. Well, now we get the big reveal from Bobby of what his plan is. Right. Hey, I can help you out with X-Lax. Yeah. <laughs> Passing him in the charts if I shoot you. Right. You know, somewhere in the fleshy part of the thigh. Right. 
He is a marksman after all. After all. Yeah. Yes, he is. We've seen him in his hunting gear. Mm-hmm. But come on. This right. is his plan. You pay me money. I'll shoot you in the ass. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, it is pretty jarring in a show where everything uh, is geared to strive towards realism. This is sort this is just kind of an outrageously jokey, stupid thing. This would never happen. No. No, no one would be like, yes, sir, I will pay you to shoot me. Right. <laughs> yes, stranger I just met. I assume you are a marksman. Well, yeah. And so uh, Marvin uh, is just like, you're crazy. And he walks away, <laughs> yeah. which I think is a perfectly rational response. Yeah. Back in the hospital, uh, we get a nice uh, pan over of all the guys. And we see Syl yeah. back on his feet. Still has the inhaler, right. but back on his feet. <laughs> This next moment, though, with Pauly, mm-hmm. his father, Phil, tracks him down and says, Excuse me. Hi. You're a friend of Anthony's. I was just about to visit him. How's he doing? He's in a lot better shape than those fucking nuns you got up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving Father Phil to be like, oh. Okay. Yeah. Utterly nonplussed. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there supposed to be any meaning in Tony watching Kung Fu? Maybe because he grew up watching it. So somehow we get bald Asianness represented in his finnerty land. Yeah, but that's Taoism. Yeah. That's what I thought as being maybe the only possible connection. Hmm. Maybe they were trying to say that that, you know, he populated Finnerty land with obviously a lot of personal elements. And maybe this had something to do with it. Yeah. I guess Eastern philosophy comes right. up a lot. Yeah. In, yeah. And in, in, in this episode as well. Right. I mean, but you could also just say it's simply the reverse of that too, where, you know, maybe he's vaguely remembering that he had monks in his coma land. Oh, uh, you know? yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's okay. like, oh, yeah. Okay. I'm making this connection. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Polly enters to let him know that Phil is downstairs mm-hmm. to discuss this Barone situation. Mm-hmm. And as he's uh, walk, being helped out by Polly, who is a little distracted. Yes. <laughs> uh, he meets the guy next door, Schwinn. Right. Uh, just a nice old man. Hal Holbrook, who has been around for a long time. This guy's actually still around his name. Or, well, we know what his name is. His age is 93. Oh. Yeah, he's old now. Wow. But he's been around for decades and decades, kind of acting and writing and directing a number of uh, very prestigious, like award-winning pro- uh, projects. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I clearly went to his Wikipedia page. Thank I'm not you for doing expert. that. I did yeah. not. I just said, eh, old guy. Yeah. Uh, and then they're interrupted by Deluxe. Mm-hmm. And just how embarrassing mm-hmm. is this moment? You know, the original G. It's right. like, ugh. Yeah. Tony's like, are you... Like, yeah. I could have you killed. Like, do you understand <laughs> that? Like, right. It's just weird. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Well, there's a couple moments where Tony's uh, gangsterism, his his street credibility is referenced, and he's highly embarrassed by it. Yeah. 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 But we do move into this discussion with Phil. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to, Phil's, I'm starting to like Phil. A lot right. more in, sure. right now. Yeah. You know, I know I probably won't Yeah, later on. Perhaps. Right now, he is, uh, you know, doing his job. He's doing the role of second-in-command rather well, delivering messages back and forth. Yeah, exactly. And taking a neutral position, simply communicating what he's been told. And mm-hmm. then Tony lashes out. Phil doesn't take it personally. He's like, all right, I'll just 
take the message back. He seems very reasonable here, flashing some very some very uh, pearly whites. His yes. teeth are very wow. I noticed that too. Yeah, but I really didn't like the scene. Okay, I didn't because Tony seems so pathetic, trying to act so tough. Well, yeah, putting out the cigar, and which by the nearly... way is hilarious yeah. that he's smoking right a cigar right now <laughs> well it's part of it he's he's ailing right you know he is in a highly weakened state yeah but he's in a robe carrying <laughs> an iv around yeah <laughs> there's no way to mask that yeah with cigar smoke yeah it's so true. It's, it's just uh, yeah and as he's know. putting it out he nearly like loses his balance <laughs> right um but yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that you bring up a good point, but yes, definitely very intentional that Tony is really overcompensating. He's really still trying to be like, no, you think that I'm like a weak guy in a hospital bed. You can take advantage of me. You can't. Right. Even if I have to be holding my stupid IV bag, I'm still going to show you that I'm the boss. Yeah, well, it is a big discussion they're having about the future of Tony's W-2 at mm-hmm. Barone and money coming in and... So, you know, he gives Phil, you know, a counter Mm -hmm. to John and, uh, you know, Phil has to be like, okay, hey, look, we're purchasing Barone. You were in a coma. What do you want from us? Yeah. You were in a coma. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good that he came out of the coma when he did, because if he had just been in it for a few more days, he would have woken up to find that he no longer has this W-2 that he can rely on. No more front company. Right. Yeah. Uh, Polly, of course, demonstrates that he's very, very distracted Mm -hmm. uh, in this when Tony kind of turns to him for a little help, you know, supporting Tony's position. Polly's totally not there for him, completely drops the ball. Tony's very agitated. Yeah. And in the next scene in the elevator, Tony needs some answers about Mm -hmm. this. Well, that phone call that Polly got Dottie now revealed as his mother has passed away. Right. And, uh, you know, Tony tries to console him, you know, but obviously only thinking this is his aunt. It's not a big deal. Sirico is doing a great job here, you know, with Polly's emotions. Mm-hmm. How do you play this? Are you right. mad? Are you sad? And I wouldn't know. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're ball of emotion. Right. But as they're walking down the hallway, it is pretty funny how Tony keeps pushing and pressing. And yeah. Finally getting to those wedding rings they wear. Are they really married to Jesus? So I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Polly's so annoyed, but he can only display his annoyance so much when he's talking to the boss. Yeah. Apparently he has a brother and sister as well. Right. Or are they cousins? Ah. Oh. Yes. Well. Well, they are cousins. Yes, they, they literally are. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has no brothers and sisters. Right. I mean, maybe he does, depending on how bad a girl Dottie really was. (laughs) Oh! Yeah. And Russ, that cocksucker. Uh, So they walk into his room, and this is where the wallet biopsy comes up. Mm -hmm. Again, a fucking weird-ass scene. Mm -hmm. So the paramedic is found, the one who did the wallet biopsy, and Tony is accusing him of stealing two grand from his wallet right and the way everything is played out here the paramedic defends himself and christopher comes up like whoa 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 whoa! what would you say and it's like right. chris you're not like a goon anymore you're a capo like, you don't have to behave <laughs> yeah. this way and so and really tony hears 
wallet biopsy. So he's like, I can make some money out of this. Yeah. Because we have to assume his money wasn't stolen. We have to. Right. That 2000 this, is a lot to just casually have. In that your Diaz wallet, is a stand up guy. Right. We would assume. I mean, that would be a pretty extreme crime if they really took $2,000. If he had $2,000 in his wallet, number one would be interesting. But then that they would just flat out take it from him. Right. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Uh, but clearly. As he's dying, you know, as he's right. bleeding out. Yeah. They're I, like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Let me roll this up. I mean, obviously, that would be the time to do it, too. Because, I mean, he's not going to come back for it if he dies. So <laughs> exactly. he's not going to ask about it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, I mean, that's part of the reason I think why Chris is so intimidating or he's like, you know, it doesn't really matter if you did it or not. We've decided that you have. <laughs> yeah. And you are just going to pay us now. Yeah. It just seemed low. You right. Know, like, like beneath the surprise. A little beneath them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Carmela enters with AJ, and I notice as Chris and everybody is leaving, mm-hmm. Chris puts his fist up, and AJ, they give a little fist bump. Yeah. And then Polly puts his fist up. AJ doesn't put his fist up, and so Polly just gives that, like, playful punch across AJ's face. Like, <laughs> pushes his face with his fist. I noticed that, too. You and did? I liked yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Carmela and AJ apparently made up, and mm-hmm. AJ got a job at Blockbuster. So, yeah. Oh, that's good. Right. I'm sure that's going to lead to high hopes good old blockbuster we don't have it anymore no longer with us yeah now in the next scene this is where we get a little too philosophical i think even for me sure but especially for the characters sure in the scene so tony was invited over to watch this boxing match with deluxe Mm -hmm. marvin has to hold up the satellite dish (laughs) low level marvin right poor guy (laughs) But really, what are we watching right now? Is this The Sopranos or yeah, what? Well, yeah, we really take this philosophical detour. And the philosophy is a little bit too like on the nose, I think, where it's like, here's some philosophy. I mean, when you think about it, too, it's not really that profound what the guy is saying, really. Sure. No, they were all just molecules. Right. So we're all part of the same thing we're all one and there is no duality i guess you can say again the point of this is that it echoes what tony encountered in infinity land this was voiced to him by the monks yes and as you pointed out last week this you know chase has some uh affinity for the eastern philosophies yeah. 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 And that's really all this is. Right. And then this is where we get the everything is everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, okay. Right. It, it, it tickles Tony's curiosity, obviously. Sure. I mean, he's in an existential place. At the very beginning of this episode, he said he confided really in a kind of un-Tony like way to be so vulnerable around this nurse like hey you know I I don't feel quite myself and so he's very existential all of this is interesting to him yeah not to Polly though no (laughs) (laughs) so Phil takes uh, the message from Tony to Johnny in the uh, can Mm -hmm. and uh, John uh, really doesn't like the arrangement that Tony has asked for Right. so he counters Two years of your W-2, 5% of the sale price, and we'll lease you a new car. Right. <laughs> it's like it's like the go fuck you, my friend. Yeah. 
Exactly. I mean, it's funny, the dynamic here, because Johnny thinks that he has it worse. And right. in a lot of ways, he does. Yeah. But also, Tony thinks he has it worse. And in a lot of ways, he does, too. I mean, Tony dealing with this health problem, his life, well, his life no longer in jeopardy, but he's been through this huge thing, right? And so he's thinking about the future, and he's thinking he's just not feeling, you know, as strong as he's accustomed to feeling. Right. So he thinks that Johnny should kind of come to his side more. Johnny, on the other hand, on the other hand is like, hey, I'm in jail I'm looking at being in the can for the rest of my life. Like Tony needs to have more sympathy for me. And so they both have uh, pretty worthwhile perspectives here, yeah. I would say. And as you do, when you find out news like that, like Tony does, you throw up. Right. <laughs> you just throw up over everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just a good reminder that we saw a bit of this right in the scene with uh, the Phil negotiation where Tony was so just, you know, clearly decrepit and enfeebled. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he's really trying to push himself to be like, don't treat me that way just because of what you see. He carries it a little too far here, goes on a Tony-esque rant. Normally, it would be great. He'd smash a pull cue or something. Right. Everyone would be in awe. But here, he just works himself up too much and pukes. Wouldn't it be great if Chris was standing there with a pool cue? Right. <laughs> next to him? Here you <laughs> he go, just, boss. He just happens to have it. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so Jason... Uh, Obviously, hasn't learned anything from that uh, first talk with Tony and Polly. Well, I'm always kind of intrigued by this. Uh -huh. The way that within the show, Tony's uh, public persona is mm. referenced. Because it seems like they're very... Um, you know, kind of differing sort of perspectives on sure. how well aware everyone in the world is that Tony Soprano is a gangster. You right. know what I mean? Remember AJ's right. uh, father, uh, AJ's friend's father, mm -hmm. you know, at the, as like season one. That's season one, yeah. Right? And yeah. he knew exactly who Tony was. And he's like, I'm not going to a barbecue over Tony Soprano's house. Are you crazy? Yeah. I'm going to grill up dogs. What does that mean? Right. Of course. And of course, uh, Kupferberg, you know, yeah. he's well aware of who Tony Soprano is. And uh, then... But Kupferberg wasn't, though. Yeah. Because he saw Tony in the parking lot. Right. And just said this big Bluto exactly. looking guy. Yeah. So yeah. he was, yeah, he was out of the loop. And yet he's heard of little Augie April. Exactly. It's all over the place. So it's kind of like sometimes, the point is, sometimes in the show they suggest that Tony is like John Gotti in a sense that like in popular culture, he's sort of known as a gangster. But then other times it's just not the case at all. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of surprising that Jason has no idea that he should kind of be afraid of Tony. I don't even know who John Gotti is. Oh, really? No. Well, I have a John Travolta movie for you, my friend. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? Though? Yeah. <laughs> we lose so many listeners. I'd be it's like, like this, this is the day this, that our um, podcast ends. Yeah, yeah right. But, uh, you're done here. <laughs> this is an interesting song to have playing. Right. Uh, and I just kind of looked into it in the next episode. It's used again. That's right. Which makes more sense. Right. It doesn't make much sense here, but it's, yeah. it's, it, it, it definitely is a great use of fun bebop music mm -hmm. leading into a major threat on somebody's right. life right yeah yeah which is what Polly and patsy do at this moment yeah Polly basically says clearly since you're going to go through with this you need to obviously pay tony mm -hmm. <laughs> or you should look out for your knees yeah because i'll be coming for them yeah yeah foreshadow yeah. 
Indeed. And it is funny, too, that I think the song choice, uh, it sort of represents the emotional state and mental state of Jason. He's just this sort of happy-go-lucky <laughs> kind of Ned Flanders guy. Yeah. He doesn't really know the darkness that he's really in the middle of. <laughs> he's yeah. a happy wanderer. Right. Yeah. And, yes, uh, he is. His happy wandering is about to come to an end. Oh, hi, diddly Right. It's like, no. So Jason takes that threat into the next scene and talks directly with Chinelli about the deal and says, you know what? It's off. And Chinelli's like, I don't give a fuck about Tony Soprano. I got somebody else to worry about. You got to figure it out because now Barone routes are my routes. Mm-hmm. Fuck off, laddie. What do you say? Laddie buck. buck. <laughs> Which I think we've heard Hesh say earlier yes. in the series, right? Yeah. To maybe Chris laddie or buck. something. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, oh yeah 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 when uh in a hit is a hit right and chris kind of oversteps his uh boundaries oh yeah Remember? i think that's what it is and hesh and, was like calm down there laddie buck and this is perfect because it's this you know episode in a way is sort of a sequel to a hit is a hit uh and As that in we're back terrible. into the rap game oh okay <laughs> right although i have to say i think they did a slightly better job with casting this time around even though you know the actor that played the rapper and a hit is a hit. He's a great actor, he is. you know, in his own right. Yes. Uh, but I just didn't really care for that character. And I thought that it was kind of problematic that they had an actor playing a rapper here. I think they actually agreed with me on that. And they mm. were like, let's have real rappers play rappers this time. Yeah. You could tell, you could tell yeah. the difference for sure. Yeah. It wasn't so comical. Right. Yeah. Back to Polly at the hospital and he ultimately confesses to Tony in confidence the true nature of his parentage. Yeah, well, you know, at this point he has to because Tony's mm-hmm. standing there looking at a poor girl who's a burn victim right? as Polly approaches. And he says that to Polly. Horrible thing. They brought this little girl in. She's got third degree burns on 80% of her body. You wouldn't believe the week I've had. And it's just like, Polly, <laughs> where are you right yeah, now? Yeah, right. And yeah. Poor Polly has to confess to his boss. He doesn't even know who he is now. Right. Which I think is maybe where the writers were going, is that mm-hmm. we have this theme. We have these two main plots, right? Mm-hmm. Tony and, and Polly. Mm-hmm. Both guys right now are feeling like they're out of sorts and they don't know who they are. Ah, interesting. Yeah. But it's a. I think that's a reach. Yeah. To really have them paralleled in any way right right yeah i mean it might be a bit but there's probably elements of that i kind of have my own sort of dominant theme uh but it's not quite time for it yet okay yeah i don't think paulie uh i don't i don't think tony is going to keep it a secret though really (laughs) not really yeah he'll tell somebody guess what i heard yeah right exactly Oh boy, but in the next scene, it does look like uh, Chinelli is living up to his promise right. that he will defend his routes because these guys mm-hmm. fucking beat the shit out of this Barone sanitation employee. Yeah. While his son has to witness it. Yeah, his, you know, very young son. Papi! Right. <laughs> well, that's Papi! What he... <laughs> That's literally exactly what he sounded like. Yeah. Uh, they really went for the uh, manipulation there of the old heartstrings where you're like, oh, this poor, sweet little child has to see yeah. his dad beaten down by goons. But then we get this cut, right, right? to a, a close-up 
mm-hmm. on the Ojibwe saying right. with Tony in the background snoring. Yeah. It's yeah. right? Yeah. It's a okay, that's a weird angle. I agree. It's a it's huge focus on that saying mm-hmm. with Tony sleeping in the background after this brutality. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, by the way, IMDb has this new feature. I, I hadn't seen it before. Maybe okay. it's always been there. But it tells you of an episode uh, the degree of violence and cursing. Oh. And I assume nudity as well, but we don't yeah. have it in this episode. Uh, but for this episode, violence, moderate. Mm-hmm. So that poor man getting the shit beaten out of him and later, you know, Jason's uh, comeuppance. Yeah. Uh, is just moderate. Right. It's just a moderate amount, but it said for profanity, yeah, uh, extreme caution or something like extreme that. Extreme <laughs> caution. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, the words that they use in this episode. Yeah. I have to imagine that every Sopranos episode comes with an extreme caution, profanity yeah. warning. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's probably not extreme caution, but it's something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say it is. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just kind of a random cut to mm-hmm. the pity myself and the wind carries me along. Right. Okay. Yeah. I don't really have a interpretation nope. of that moment. Mm-hmm. It's just this is life. This is what's going on. This is part of what happens when you're caught up in the Tony orbit. And it's just, it does carry us into the next scene, which is incredibly sad. Yeah. Poor Nucci. Right. Obviously back from Dottie's funeral. Mm-hmm. And it's really not her fault that she took no. care of you. Yeah. She raised you. But Polly. Well, he doesn't give two fucks. Yeah, he didn't this. go to the funeral. Yeah. He really denounces both Dottie and Nucci. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess it's one of those generational things because you think, like, yes, she should have told Polly. Maybe not when he was five, but, you know, he could have handled it maybe when he was a little bit older, you know? Yeah. And it wouldn't be that big of a thing. I mean, it is a big thing to keep from him his entire life, but I just think that. You know, for Polly's older generation, that's much more of a big deal, much more of a taboo than it would be now. Didn't Bobby Darren, wasn't he also raised by, like, not his mm. mom? But I don't he know. thought it was his mom? Oh, I don't know about that. I know, actually, there's something about that with, like, Nicholson. Oh, really? Where, like, his mom isn't actually his mom. Like, his mom was in his life, but he was raised to believe that his biological mother was something, some other relation. And then he later found out in adulthood, oh, no, that's actually your mom. Hmm. Something like that. Let's look it up when we're done. Okay. We don't need to right now. Yeah. Well, he really lays into her, telling Mm -hmm. her, you know, how much he gave to her. That her real children didn't do shit. Right. And it was only him. Right. So she kind of, yeah, maybe took advantage of Polly's success. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, that is a wrinkle when you think about it. The fact that her true children contributed nothing. Right. At all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, I guess it was just those good dotty genes that led to this, uh, you know, enterprising young man. That's right. That provided such a lifestyle for her. Uh, and is it here that he sort of mentions... 4000 a month for yes. Green Grove? Yes. Yes. It is. Uh, a significant number. That is a significant number. Wow, I didn't pick up on that, but yeah. that is uh, true. Uh, I thought you were going to say, is this where he brings up the massage chair from Sharper's Image? Sharper's Image. Mm. I liked that a lot. Another company that has yeah. no stores anymore. Right. <laughs> so moving along. Oh, throws the TV out. The yes, he does throw the. Yeah. 
TV out the flat screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, and leaves Nucci in tears. Yes, he does. So sad. Oh, but Jason, he made a mistake. Oh yeah, he really did. I do like this moment from Tony mm-hmm. uh, describing, you know, what's fair. Fair? You you fucking believe this shit? You remind me of my kid. Talk to the Katrina victims about fair. Why don't you talk to Paulie here? He'll tell you about fair. Absolutely. You don't get worse than my son. Get him the fuck out of here. Polly is not someone to mess with right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, he really isn't. No. But yeah, I mean, Jason's really in over his head. And he is recognizing here that uh, it doesn't matter that things aren't fair. You know, he needs to sort of put his big boy pants on mm-hmm. and figure this out. I mean, you see that he really is still very much a child. And I think that Tony here brings up the obvious parallel, right, between uh, this guy Jason and AJ, for example. Yeah. I mean, AJ's much younger than Jason, let's say. I I think he's a few years younger, right? Right. Uh, but still, he's just sort of clueless about the way the world really works. And he expects things to be decided in his favor just because that's what's fair. Yeah. But the world is more complex than that. I, you know, I didn't write it down here. I thought I did, but I'm remembering it now that when Jason was told by Tony and Polly, we don't want to see you get hurt. Mm-hmm. It's not like by anybody else. Mm-hmm. It's by them. Mm-hmm. We don't want to see you get hurt by us right <laughs> that's really what it is yeah when they say like, we don't want to see you get hurt you're gonna make a mistake where we're gonna have to fuck you up yeah that's really what it is it's true so uh following along with bobby's silly storyline mm-hmm. looks like uh marvin has <laughs> agreed mm-hmm. given seven g's to get shot somewhere in the thigh mm-hmm. ridiculous yeah 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 uh I have nothing to add. No, no, nothing at all. <laughs> the return of creepy Pastor Bob. Pastor Bob. Oh, God, this guy just like, I just get sort of like a weird sort of cringy feeling whenever he comes on yeah. screen. You know? I love the uh, the beginning of the mm-hmm. scene here, though, when Tony's reading the book about dinosaurs yeah. and about human uh, right. humanity itself. He's describing. Get this. It says you have the history of the planet was represented by the Empire State Building. The time that human beings have been on Earth would only be a postage stamp at the very top. You realize how insignificant that makes us? I don't feel that way. Right. (laughs) Okay, Okay, Chris. Yeah, I liked that little beat there. That was funny to me. We get more of Tony challenging pastor bob's version of christianity and pastor bob has some uh, pretty ridiculous beliefs well he is a creationist yeah that's where he comes from a true creationist yeah pastor bob is laying it on thick mm-hmm. in this scene yeah he really with the book yeah it, it it he's just really laying it on thick and then tells tony you know when you're feeling better you should come to my church which is the Church of the Open Door of the Redeemer. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really roll off the tongue. No. Not a really good title for your church. No. no. There's nothing good about Pastor Bob. No, not really. Uh, I love the end of the scene, though, with Hesh's daughter saying, mm-hmm. You can disagree with evangelicals, but they're great friends of the Jews because Israel is the Holy Land. You wait. 
Right. I'm like, all right, Hesh, I'm with you. <laughs> we shall see about that. Well, yeah, we will. <laughs> uh, and also just a little bit here is that we actually met her husband yes. right in members only and he was beaten horribly and run over by a car yes and she brings up that uh or tony actually says i hear he's got a wheelchair or a yeah. walker after rehabilitation <laughs> yeah that's good yeah whoop-de-doo <laughs> he's still pretty fucked up yeah uh so uh tony back uh in schwinn's room mm-hmm. to have a another conversation uh, and tony really carrying around this ojibwe mm-hmm. saying with him and opens up about his coma experience to Schwinn, who then reveals that he himself has just discovered he has cancer. So both these men having their own existential crises. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this is another incident where a bystander civilian type references Tony's, you know. With the bad joke, you mean? Mafia. Yeah, connections. His tie, his mob ties. Getting And whacked. says, yeah, maybe you could whack me. And then Tony looks like so appalled. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Not, not a good joke. It's in poor taste. It is. And uh, then Schwinn apologizes. Yeah. And Tony heads back to his room alone because Vito ditched him to take a dump. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to add this as a, a line. Uh, to highlight but it is funny how tony says he could build a jetty (laughs) out of Vito's dumps yeah so he's still taking the dumps of a man that's like 300 300 pounds heavier i guess that's right (laughs) um and then him and uh, Polly have a conversation about Nucci, Mm -hmm. and he's trying to get Polly to see the other side of Nucci, the woman who helped him bail him out of jail when he was a kid and like all the problems he went through i wonder if Nucci's gonna be in the many saints right i mean if paulie's in it maybe well it's kind of a fun game as these uh casting announcements are made yeah obviously michael gandolfini yeah pretty uh explosive news he's going to be portraying tony yeah uh that is really interesting gandolfini's son uh to do that role and then We've got Vera Farmiga mm-hmm. in the film. And we've got to assume that's Livia. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, and then who's this other guy who he's in everything. And I always forget his name, but he was in House of Cards and a number of movies. And he's a really good actor. Oh, yeah. Bald guy. And he's bald. And then you're like, well, Uncle Junior? Hmm. You know? I mean, I don't know. Possible. You, if they're doing this movie, Uncle Junior has to be in it. He has to be. Yes. And you're just like, oh, there's been no obvious Uncle Junior yet. That's true. Announced uh, in this cast. Yeah. Right. <laughs> His Uncle Junior always been bald. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is the question. It is. Yeah. Well, Paulie does bring up Olivia, mm-hmm. doesn't he? In yeah. In this moment. And Tony's like, back, 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 back up. You don't get to talk shit about Olivia. What are you doing? And that's where Tony is like, you know, you go around in pity for yourself. Right. You know, Things really stick with Tony. Again, yeah. just like the dude. Yeah. <laughs> and he does uh, does use that. Exactly. Yeah. And I think Tony has a good point here. I mean, yeah, I understand that Polly's feelings are hurt. It is definitely a huge thing to have to grapple with. But then you have to sort of widen your perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And this is what Tony is telling him to do. Like, think about the fact that this woman did give you a mother's love and she did literally bail you out when you were younger, when you got into legal trouble, and she's been a great mom to you. So you have to think about the big picture here and sort of get over your own pettiness. Yeah. Get over your own gripe, man. Right. 
Finally, we can end this storyline about, well, not really fine. It's not yeah. in its finality, but Marvin gets shot in the ass <laughs> with a pistol. Yeah. You know, no less from a hooded Bobby. Oh, yes, Bobby. <laughs> a hooded Bobby. The Bobby Bacala. That's right. Steve Shrupa. Uh, and his hoodie is a little bit too small. <laughs> it looks so funny with the hood up, too. Yeah. It just seems too small. Uh, but yeah. Obviously, uh, uh, a fittingly ridiculous conclusion to a ridiculous storyline. He said he was a marksman. Bobby is not so much of a marksman <laughs> at close range. He missed the thigh and got the guy on the ass, which is maybe you know even worse for this guy than ever before. Because, yeah, yeah it's gangster to get shot, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But it's not gangster to get shot in the ass. That's true. <laughs> so if that gets out, then it's just yeah. not great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how many jokes can we make about taking it in the ass? Yeah, exactly. Uh, an infinite number. We'll we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. This next scene, however, yes, I like the top of this scene mm -hmm. because I thought, okay, before Robin Wright's character on House of Cards, mm -hmm. there was Carmela Soprano, because we start off at the top with <laughs> Tony talking out loud about food. Pearl's oyster bar, the lobster roll. Listen, Tone. That package from Vito and Pauly, I have to believe that there was more there. Sure. So? Vito, especially, is somebody you should watch. Well. Yeah. Uh, Miss Soprano, Mrs. Right. Soprano, what are you up to right now? Stepping up a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Looking out for... Uh the family's fortune well again this is a bit of a pivot from carmilla because tony again he's convalescing mm -hmm. so she's like it's appropriate for me to sort of take note of a few things here and help tony be good at his job yeah but the, just the and that's obviously based off the conversation Vito had with her in line right in the hospital yeah it was so cryptic and weird and she saw his reaction yes after he handed off the money and everything yeah but there, there are huge parallels between Carmela's look right now mm -hmm. and Robin Wright, and I, mm. I, I couldn't help but think that somebody on House of Cards had seen The Sopranos and just like it got planted, you know, Inception mm -hmm. in their brain, yeah, and then they brought it to life because Carmela's wearing her hair up; it looks short. She's wearing kind of like a suit and collar, look very much like Robin Wright in that moment, and she's being, yeah. you know devious right in a way she's being you know kind of sneaky and yeah. yeah being a boss lady boss lady just like robin wright's character right exactly yeah insurance lady is back right the important news she delivers though for tony is that schwinn had his larynx removed and again she delivers this with the kind of like fuck you right. <laughs> attitude <laughs> yeah she's just so aggressive towards tony yeah yeah, uh, but obviously that's that's very heartbreaking news. Mm -hmm. You know, Tony's very saddened to hear that. But, you know, on the other hand, uh, he has recovered well enough to he can finally leave the hospital, go home. That's right. Yeah. So we get a bit of a uh, Godfather Part 2 opening scene. I, I mean, right? Yeah. I was like, this is, God, this is the Godfather. Right. Right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, second week in a row with a sort of quasi- 
Godfather. Yes, and two. by the way, you were very, I was uh, close. very, very close with yeah. that, Michael Corleone, you know, and you were you're on on point. Right. With, oh, well, sure. thank you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we both spotted it here. Yes. Uh, in Godfather Part Two, a little quick recap: Vito Corleone's mom goes to the head mobster in Sicily and begs him not to kill her son Vito, who will later be played by De Niro and then Brando. Uh, anyway, in this scene. Jason's mom goes to Tony and tearfully begs him not to attack Jason. Right, because she knows who Tony Soprano is. Right. And she sheltered and kept Jason out of that. Mm -hmm. So obviously that's why Jason's in over his head. Right. And Tony, you know, you know whether or not you believe him in this moment or not, nothing's going to happen to him. Right. You know, as long as he does what I tell him to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. But this, this is another close-up shot. Yes. On Polly. Right. With the Western in the background on the TV. Yeah. And Polly loses control here mm -hmm. and has to leave the room and he just starts weeping. Yeah. It's so sad. Right. It's so powerful. True. Uh, great moment from Tony Sirico. I mean, you never could have imagined when you watched the first few episodes of season one and were introduced to this character that you would have a moment like this with him yeah. all these years later. And that Tony Sirico as an actor was capable of displaying this kind of emotion on screen yeah, and being comfortable and secure enough to do that. Uh, Ex-con that he is. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, it's true. It is a really great moment. And obviously he's thinking about, everything that's been going on with him in this episode and his relationship with his mother and the love and bond between a mother and son. Mm -hmm. That's right. So Tony in this next scene is uh, ready to leave, mm -hmm. but Bobby shows up and shows Tony that he got the message earlier, loud and clear and has made some extra money. Yeah. Doesn't matter how he did it, you know, shooting a guy in the ass. Right. <laughs> but he got the money for Tony and Tony, yeah is appreciative he respects the fact that bobby has done he he did get the message right yeah and it, tony's like keep it coming mm -hmm. um obviously before leaving the hospital tony has a moment staring at schwinn and being like a poor guy but yeah. he doesn't want to stick around you know for any more of that right um too hard too difficult of course and I saw this moment when we get the paramedic mm -hmm. coming up. Rudy with, Diaz. Yeah, coming up with the money, right? Mm -hmm. So openly giving him a bundle of cash. Yeah. The hospital attendant who's pushing Tony, right. whoever this actor was, he was like, I have a character. Yes. And I shall play <laughs> the role. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed it. I did. He like he realizes what's going on uh -huh. and rolls his eyes yeah. at it and is like oh are we really doing this right now yeah <laughs> are we having this transaction right now right i thought it was hilarious i love when peripheral yeah characters that don't even have lines decide hey this is my moment yeah the actor is like i'm gonna make a strong choice here i would do it too good for him yes but tony gives him a pass yeah the paramedic Surprises I mean, this is everyone. Right. And this is a commentary on where Tony is right now. He's actually applying what he said to Polly earlier. And Tony is deciding, hey, I'm not going to be petty. There's a bigger thing going on here with existence. Rudy Diaz can keep his $2,000 I was trying to extort from him. Yeah. And the next moment with Tony outside listening to the sounds of life, mm -hmm. telling Janice, you know, every day is going to be precious and 
it, it speaks to to that yeah every day is a gift yeah and it really does carry on into the next scene well janice's reaction here i just want to well, say real quick yes. it's kind of an interesting reaction that she has yeah well she's fucking probably terrified yeah. what her brother's saying right <laughs> I've never heard this before yeah yeah exactly yeah um but it does carry into the next scene where Phil meets with Tony. Mm-hmm. Again, Tony in the foreground, Carmela coming in in the background, and it's sort of like focus in, focus out. Alan Taylor just using it all over the place. Phil comes in. Tony doesn't haggle anymore. Mm-hmm. You think it's going to keep going on. But again, Tony's like, it's petty to just let this keep going. Right. The proposal now is acceptable. 10 years of the W-2, 12% of the sale price no more skim fine Mm -hmm. and that is that and phil is even shocked himself he's like oh really oh okay right cool this is more of the expanded perspective of tony seeing how everything's connected and he's just happy to be alive there's plenty of garbage for everybody yes takes that uh emotion with him outside right in the backyard to the pool and he's at peace right the wind carrying yeah. him on yeah and we had a bit of wind through trees in our previous episode right just before he came out of the coma that's true uh so an echo of that and maybe somewhere deep in his subconscious he's sort of remembering that mm-hmm. image uh importantly because this barone sanitation thing has been resolved to tony's satisfaction we think that jason is in the clear yes uh-oh <laughs> no not so much yeah that foreshadowing about his knees Polly. Polly let him know, and he's letting him know right mm-hmm. now. You are going to kick up, and this is what you pointed out, and I didn't even make this, get this, uh, catch this. Yeah, four grand a right. month to me. Yeah. So either he's doing that to make up for the loss. Yeah. That he had for Nucci this whole time. Right. Uh, or maybe uh, he'll still support Nucci. Right. But he's just not going to support it from his money. Right. He's going to get it from somewhere else. I'd like to think that he's still going to support her. Hmm. I do too. Yeah. I do too. Cause maybe maybe Tony got through to him. Right. A little bit. But yeah, the mama's boy is going to have to pay up. Yeah. And Polly walks away as Jason lies there, whimpering in pain, learning what a hard place the world really is. So what's the theme? Oh, thanks for asking me. Because I completely because again, forgot. <laughs> it ends with Tony and Polly both being, if yeah. you'd like, carried in the right. wind. <laughs> the Ojibwe saying. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I thought it was an interesting sort of repetition of this idea, children, basic, it's basically sins of the father, you know, kind mm. of children grappling with pain that is triggered by choices that their parents made, that the children had no, you know, sense of, they had no say in, and they still have to pay a price. Mm. Jason, this is obvious. Polly, yes, right? Yeah. Uh, and then even that little boy, um, in a way, mm-hmm. uh, seeing his father beaten, you know, and yeah. the boy is innocent. Uh, this garbage worker is innocent too, but still, you know, kids kind of being traumatized. Interesting. Uh, by what their parents do or don't do. Yeah, and I, mean, I thought that was sort of repeated. I'm going to go with no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. And that does it for this episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. Yeah. I like that, yeah. No, that's good. Because I couldn't really figure out 
what the hell the theme was. I mean, I don't even know if it's a theme so much as just an interesting motif. Maybe we'll call it a motif. Motif. That's a good critic word. Yeah. Uh, there are many and... motifs. Yeah. 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 There we go. Well, that does it for this episode of The Soprano Show. Yeah. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. Join us next week. But until then, if you're enjoying the podcast and would like to support it, because we would like your support, subscribe on iTunes is the best way. Leave a five-star review and a comment. Find us on Twitter and Facebook at The Soprano Show. And also everywhere else, Spotify and Google Play and the like. But like we do with every episode, ending with our favorite line. Would you like me to go first? Please. My favorite line came with that first uh, soft intimidation tactic between Tony and Polly as they tag teamed uh, Jason there. I loved how Polly gets technical with Jason and says, You even know what your habit is? My what? Earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Gives the true picture of a company's profitability. I just thought it was so funny that <laughs> Polly, like on the spot, you yeah. know, knew all that. Right. Information to yeah. really like, you know, give Jason an idea. Okay. These guys, maybe they do know what they're talking about. And then I love that cut to Tony too, pointing. Yes. Like, oh, listen to this guy. He's he knows like, what he's talking about. Right on the nosy. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Uh, my favorite uh, was an exchange between Pastor Bob and Tony. Ah. Creepy Pastor Bob. Yes. When he says. That's interesting. What? Some people would have you believe dinosaurs existed millions of years ago. It's just not true. God created the earth 6,000 years ago. And I tell my kids, you have to remember, dinosaurs and human beings lived on the earth at the same time. What, like the Flintstones? And I just loved that because, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan <laughs> of creationists. So I love that Tony kind of had a nice singer here. I wish Tony had said, all right, yabba-dabba-doo. Right. <laughs> <laughs>